0: Welcome to RxP Podcast peer review episode. In this episode, we'll be uh, conducting a spoiler-filled discussion of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I'm your host for today's episode, Alex, and joining me is Matt. What's up, Chooms? And just for some table-setting purposes, to give you guys a perspective on how we experience the game... Uh, Matt has, or both of us have uh, hundred percented the trophy list for the game. We both played on PlayStation five, uh, Matt completed the game on patch 1.06 and I completed most of the game on patch 1.06, but I also, uh, finished the rest of the trophies on patch 1.1. So I do have some experience, uh, on that patch that came out, uh, more recently, um, and overall, I spent 51 hours Wow! Uh, with the game. Yeah, that's how long it took me. And Matt, how long did it take you to, to get, wrap up everything? Wow,
1: now, now I feel pretty bad. I, I played for 73 hours.
0: 73, okay. Wow, I mean, slight like a difference full day there. more. <laughs> I mean, it's not a competition, but uh, just to give you listeners a perspective on uh, how we completed these games and the amount of time it took us and the amount of time we spent with it. So with that... Uh, remember, spoiler-filled discussion, so if you haven't completed the game, uh, click away. Uh, We potentially and probably will be talking about the endings. uh, And as a spoiler as well, there are multiple endings. So (laughs) click away now. I've already spoiled something, but click away now. (laughs) Okay, and I guess also to mix things up a bit, uh, I'm going to start this off with my recommendation of this game. And actually, it is that if you're playing on console, regardless of whether it's uh, PS5 or uh, Series X or Xbox One X or PS4 Pro or PS4, uh, I would not recommend picking up this game. However, if you're playing this on PC, I would recommend picking this up. So that this is the, the caveat there of saying I, uh, the PC version, I think, even though I didn't play it on it, I've seen a lot of footage. I have friends that I know that have played on it. And based on my experiences of the actual gameplay itself on console, I, I think that running on the PC platform it is a better experience overall, and so I think it is worthwhile there, but just not on, on console.
1: Yeah, I I have seen good things about the PC. Um, of course, the PCs that are doing the best are PCs that you know I definitely don't have. <laughs> um, but like, if you're playing on console. Um, I guess we're, you know, I'm I'm fine with saying this, like from the get go, because I don't think it will be spoiler as soon as we start talking. Uh, This would not be something I would recommend. You know, like we started this podcast as being, um, you know, recommended experiences as being what RxP stands for. And, uh, you know, Alex and I talked about it a little bit, like, um, you know, we almost didn't want to come off too negative. But like this is the reason why we wanted to start a podcast to begin with is like we have limited time as people that work full time, you know, would we recommend this to someone who has only a few hours to play a game or watch a movie or you know, watch a TV show? And honestly, I don't think I would. I it's um, you know, I think there's a lot of caveats to it and there it's not all terrible. Like obviously I played 73 hours, which is over 3 whole days playing this game. And you know, we both platinumed it, we both 100%ed it on PS5. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I felt a little bit empty from playing it. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so no surprises there.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And I guess to, to go
0: into that uh, not recommending side as well on my part uh, in agreements with you in that I think a lot of it stems from the overall kind of narrative experience that the game uh, tries to give you and for me you know obviously the the design of cyberpunk 2077 is your not to say typical open world game but it is of the open world genre where you know you you pick a background right a background story so it's one of three in this case it is the street kid the nomad or the corpo and there is a short uh, introduction kind of uh, sequence for each of them that are specific to the characters and that rolls into you meeting up with your kind of main compatriot uh, for the first few hours of the game. And uh, beyond that, you know, really the, the narratives kind of fall together where your background doesn't matter as much um, with the choices you make or the choices available to you. But I think uh, it's this transition from this, uh, the the point in the beginning of the game where you... Uh, reach the title sequence which is several hours into the game so you don't get that title you don't see the title of the game till later on because i guess that's kind of that major point of saying like this is when cyberpunk 2077
1: real starts also my game bugged so that i never saw the title screen ever wow that's it, it just, sad it yeah. just didn't for... pop up i thought i was an act one for a long long time
0: <laughs> oh no yeah it's definitely like i didn't have that bug but that i think does that helps it but I could see if you didn't have that transition that's an even more significant like takeaway from the actual like feeling of the narrative um if you didn't get that so that that's unfortunate um but I'd say for me and especially I guess I don't know if we want to go like act by act or overall feeling but I guess act by act makes the most sense yeah that sounds good um yeah uh really? Act one, I did not care for, and I think a lot of that is due to um, how the game kind of introduces you to the world, and part of my issue with it is on, on two points in that when uh, you first meet with your compatriot, who in this case you know, is Jackie Wells... Um, and I know we both picked the nomad background, so yeah. I know we both, uh, encountered him in the same way where it's a guy that we don't know, but we were hired, you know, as a mercenary to help him with the job and the job in this case being smuggling, uh, an illegal item into night city and there being, you know, this nice kind of high octane chase e- experience. And then us finding out what the, you know, the, illegal item was which in this case was like an iguana I think
1: if mm-hmm. I remember yeah. correctly in like and like a freezer box or something yeah
0: right yeah contained in a freezer box and then it kind of rolling into a montage of us and us being you know the character you play as V uh, kind of working with Jackie over future jobs and kind of forging a relationship with them and I felt like and I think we did talk about this on a previous episode of the podcast that it at least to me, took a lot away from me caring about Jackie mm-hmm. because by not, by showing me, you know, through these cutscenes of saying, Oh yeah, V had a great time with this guy. You know, they worked together on jobs. They forged a friendship. Um, it didn't give me as the player a reason to care about him. Mm-hmm. And it's that weird kind of dissonance where I'm playing as V as someone that cares about him, you know, on a personal level because of all the experiences she had. But for me, all I've had is this, you know, short, like 20, 30 minute intro sequence of like trying to smuggle the iguana into the city. And so I, I feel like from the get go, it's, it sets itself up to make me not care. Mm-hmm. And I know they want you to care because later on, as we'll get into, there is kind of a, a reason where that. If you do care, it pays off, in a, or it should pay off in a significant way.
1: Yeah. Which is also an act one, too, I guess, what we're talking about. Um, right. You know, I, I agree with you. Um, after the end of it, we both picked Nomad. And honestly, like, it was 20, 30 minutes, and then we were out. And I didn't really see my path being any different than if I played some other path. And that really bothered me, because what I'll get into probably in other acts too, is that your choices really don't matter. Like you're screwed either way or, you know, it's about the same reward either way. And and besides the main different endings, which are pretty easy to get them all, like it's, it's not like, I don't know, there's no replayability in my mind. And honestly, I just didn't feel like my V was me. I, I thought I was playing another character because you're right, you're kind of, on the sunset timeline of V's, you know, career. Like, he's been in Night City. He's been doing all this cool stuff with uh, Jackie. And I wanted that to be the Cyberpunk story. But basically, we catch the end of it, which leads to a giant heist. Was this actually, like, that, that mission in itself, the heist, I don't want to crap all over this game because there are some bright spots. And I thought that the heist was a pretty cool mission. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Of course that ends like terribly and you know Jackie ends up dying um, which I still felt something because I thought Jackie was probably the most likable character out of the entire game. after playing it for 73 hours, I kind of agree that Jackie's still the <laughs> the best character, one of the best characters in the game um, but these bugs, man, these bugs are crazy. like I tried not to spoil. In our first time talking about cyberpunk, when you were just starting out act one and me and Yasser were, had played it, the bug that I was talking about that took away was talking about Jackie's death because Jackie had the re- relic in his, in his head and he was taking it out when he was about to die. And, right, yeah. um, Jackie's character, <laughs> Jackie's character had a gun in his hand the entire time. And so his gun like went through his head. Like he never uh, dropped it. And like, yeah. it just took me out of it. Like it took me out of the the zone, which usually bugs don't do that. But I, I feel like part of it is because I didn't really forge that relationship. Honestly, like act one is super quick. Like it's a few hours, maybe like eight hours. In yeah, totality. I think like, it
0: it can vary depending upon how much like side content you do, but yeah, it's it's anywhere from I guess like five to eight hours or so.
1: Yeah, I, I just I felt like they missed the mark on kind of making it that mission, the end of it, meaningful, which is really sad. Um but overall act one was was fine. Um I'm not a huge fan of open world games that overwhelm you. Like, Tiffany and I both kind of agreed on the last podcast about open worlds kind of overwhelming us anyway. And Cyberpunk, from the very beginning, you have, like, 100 to 150 icons, like, immediately right. ready like to go. That,
0: that was my other point, too. I 100% agree with you. When you first um, step out, like, after the video montage of you forging that bond with Jackie, you know, over a bunch of jobs and you walk out of your apartment onto the streets for the first time, and you mm-hmm. see all the cars driving around in the crowds. Uh, And you open up that map; it's just bombarded oh, with icons, terrible. and they don't onboard you at all to them. I mean, <laughs> kind of as you play the game, you get uh, introductions to some of the missions to be like, "Oh, this is kind of the background to you know what's happening here." Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "Oh, sweet, you know, I'm gonna go do it." Right? It's like, "Here's a cyber psycho," or "There's a." thievery in progress right? that you're trying to help out. But yeah, it, it, it's, um, it was CD projects kind of failing to, I guess, more deliberately and slowly get you rolling into these activities. Like I don't mind by the sheer number, like if anything, right. As an open world game, it's, you want things to do in your open world. So I, I welcome the fact that there are things to do, even if they're just minor kind of, you know, holdups or, uh, just, you know sites where you kill a bunch of enemies Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that they don't really fold it into the story in any way it's just kind of like oh you know here's your main story mission that you have to do but if you want you can just stop by these crimes in progress and they never really make it any sort of purpose for you to do that and so it feels kind of you know disingenuous with the story of Mm -hmm. you're not a cop right In no regards are you ever considered a crime fighter yeah but you are tasked inadvertently with stopping these crimes and i mean you're rewarded with money and gear and loot right from from the game perspective but Mm -hmm. story-wise it doesn't really do anything no not at all so yeah so it feels just very weird of You know, I have things to do, but they are things that don't help me in my story or Mm -hmm. my, like, legend or whatever, right? Like, they never talk about, there's no reference to, oh, you've cleared this district, you know, great job. Like, there's nothing on the radio that says, like, oh, crime rate has gone down in Haywood because you, you know, done a lot of things. Or, like, the world doesn't react to you doing these things. And I think that's part of, that adds on top of just how they introduce those activities to you as a problem in the first place.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's just seems like a world that we're in and like, maybe that's kind of what they wanted to go that, to make you feel kind of meaningless. But I, 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 agree with you. Like it, the world didn't really shape around us. Um, which is kind of disappointing. Would you feel like starting act one, what did you feel about the combat? How did you play too? like, were you more stealth or just run a gun or?
0: Actually, yeah, my combat changed over time, surprisingly. So when I started out, right, uh, I mostly did assault rifles and SMGs because typically that's what I kind of lean towards in first person shooters. Um, But... Eventually I swapped to mainly just using pistols. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of what I relied upon. That's the pistols or handguns are the skill I got to max level um, for that trophy um, as perspective for that. Um, But yeah, I mostly just run and gunned. I mean, typically I'm not the kind of guy to kind of sit back or stealth. Like I enjoy stealth games, but if I have the option and if it's effective to kind of run in and just like, you know, annihilate everyone with headshots. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather do that. And so honestly, I really didn't interact with the hacking that much. Like I did so for the trophies, but um, I never found anything. And I guess that's part of the thing of how, how much do you engage with the combat? But I never found any, Hacking skill that I found worth it to make me want to pursue that as a like f- pure combat route to say like mm-hmm. Oh, let me try this encounter with no hacking or no shooting whatsoever. Let me just hack everybody It was just you know a gun gun play fest.
1: Yeah Yeah, I I generally stick to stealth in most games um, Which kind of may play into why it took me a little bit longer um, Because that's mm, just probably. that's just how I like to play open world games anyway and um, I maxed out pistols as well, uh, or handguns, um, towards the end of the game, I kind of got bored. Like once I hit level 20 of handguns, I kind of got bored of just annihilating with crit crit shots and like headshots and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started playing with a katana and it was actually a lot of fun. Like it, it was, it was pretty satisfying to just like sprint up to a group of enemies and like just chop people's heads off, which sounds really gruesome when you say it like that. But, um, it it was more satisfying and like a little bit more interesting, um, and a little bit harder too. Because um, I don't know about you, there's plenty of trophies for people uh, listening from home that's not familiar with the trophy list. There's a few trophies where you have to kind of um, stockade, All right? Stock stockade stockpile. <laughs> I don't know why stockade. Anyway, you have stockade. to you we're, have we're, to. Uh, you, you know, we're crime fighters. You yeah. know, we're bringing justice to the streets. Justice. Um, So you have to like stockpile um, some, I guess, points that you would put into skills. Um, So you basically have to stockpile like 17 of them, basically, um, to you can like save and then put it into something and then, you know, just load back your save and do the other one. Um, So for a, a fair portion of the game, I just stockpiled these kind of perk points. And then I realized I didn't really need to upgrade any of my perks. At all. Yeah. Like, I, mm. I think I finished the game with, like, 30 perk points or something because I just didn't put up in anything because the game is pretty easy, um, like, once you get to, like, a certain level, um, which made it a little bit... I had to kind of make my own interest, so that's why I kind of went to the Katana route. But overall, like, I will say, the gunplay felt good. I'm fine with that. Like, I, I thought that it was fun and, you know, somewhat engaging, um, it kind of felt like Borderlands, where you know there's so many guns and so many different, you know, aspects of it. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. That that's probably this, you know, one of the highlights of oh, yeah. of the game. Like
0: for me, and I think what kind of helped uh, continue my interest in just using guns and not really caring about like the hacking or stealth is that the animations. I thought made the gunplay very satisfying like the reloading the the sound effects on you know cocking uh sniper rifles and Mm -hmm. just the shots and everything i think they did a very good job in making that feel satisfying and since you know primarily the combat like direct combat is the gunplay i can Mm -hmm. at least appreciate that fact where if i am just you know, one-shotting people with headshots with my super upgraded pistol mm-hmm. that it is satisfying to do so. So at least that's something that um, I really appreciate that they took the time to put in. Because um, mm-hmm. I know melee combat especially can be hard to be satisfying because typically, you know, in, in the first person's perspective, it's kind of hard to make everything look good. But I did mess around with the Mantis Blades a little bit. And there were some pretty fun... Uh, not to make me sound deranged or anything, but pretty pretty fun executions you can do with the Mantis <laughs> Blades, like yeah. animations, um, because, you know, they they have a leap ability where if you charge them up, you'll actually lunge at the target like you have uh, hovered. Mm-hmm. So I found that kind of entertaining of like just leapfrogging to enemies with the Mantis Blades out and, you know, slicing them up and then going on to the next guy. Um, but yeah, the, the combat overall was, was fun, at least in the way that I played it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how I would feel if I tried to do it all through just with hacking or purely in stealth right through assassinations. But I guess that is something to say, you know, to your previous point of, I don't know if the game is, or I I guess I do know the game is not fun enough for me to want to try and do a replay doing it like that. Um, yeah especially with you know as you mentioned as well just like the bugs that are in the game of that but that also kind of plays into what i'll say about 1.1 1. 1, but that'll be for later in the topic okay um anything else you want to say for act one you know leading up to jackie's so. death yeah okay yeah so you know after after jackie dies that's when you know there's a series of cutscenes, scenes and that's when you're supposed to get the title sequence um to, <laughs> Good to indicate know. that yeah to now indicate you're in cyberpunk 2077. This is really where the game kind of picks up and in act two. And I guess the, the division between act two and three is kind of blurry, but I guess it's up until you make that fateful decision is right. when we can consider act three onwards. So I guess we'll talk about everything up to that fateful decision. Yeah. Um. But in act two is where the chunk of the gameplay is. And uh, for me, I really loved act two. I think, Uh, And this is kind of a a weird side, right, of the beginning is, I think, very poor in getting you to care. But I think the gameplay itself um, is something that they do well. And in Act 2, I think, really builds upon that. And in particular, I'm talking about the the side characters you can build relationships with. Um, Not necessarily uh, sexual in every regard, as people might be wanting or expecting. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, the characters, Judy Alvarez, um, River Ward... Um and Am. Rogue Amendiaris and then now I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Pan Am, yeah. Yeah. That guy, girl. Yeah. Um and I loved all their stories. Um those side mission chains were probably my favorite part of the entire game. I I agree. thought it was yeah, it was just that intimate Uh, Kind of one-on-one, you know, buddy cop type situation of, you know, here's what this person's problem is. Here's V kind of helping out. And it didn't really matter, like, who V was, but just, like, V being there as a helping hand to help this character through their problem. And just, yeah, the intimate moments you get of, you know, the gunplay, but also just the story of, you know, River War kind of trying to help out this child and figure out where this lost Mm -hmm. child has basically been you know, taken to and kidnapped um, and with Judy and her kind of, I guess making the perfect brain dance, mm-hmm. or I, I guess I really don't know what the end point of her story was. I don't either. But just <laughs> Recreating like a brain dance of some sort. Um, and even Pan Am with the El Dacatos, which is a nomad tribe that lives on the outskirts of the city and kind of that culminating in getting, the um and I forget but that floating that like kind of hover tank um which is required in order to get one of the endings you know you need to have finished her storyline mm-hmm. because that tank is involved in the in the ending which we'll get to which I did enjoy um primarily because of the tank as part of it. <laughs> um, but yeah just the the stories were enough to get me to want to go throughout the world because as we mentioned for act one just the being bogged down with all those icons i really didn't care about the random you know crimes i did enjoy the psycho um the cyber psychos uh that quest line was also super interesting because they were kind of the boss fights that you know were very few in the main story that you could kind of deal with in the open world that were kind of interesting on these you know people with the implants that would mm-hmm. go haywire and therefore they'd have kind of odd behaviors or just be in odd situations so the fights were super interesting but yeah overall act 2 was just a mo where I sp- spent the most of my time enjoying the game.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you cuz like this is the majority of the game. I like, I think that maybe there's like five I don't know, 5 to 10 hours maybe in act 3 just getting all the endings. And then, you know, up to 10 hours for Act One. So, like, the majority of my playtime is in Act Two. Um, I agree with you. The side quests were the best part. I think that Rivers and Pan Am's storyline were my favorite. Um, Judy's, I like Judy as a person, and I liked it to a point. Um, I just. I kind of like you not knowing the endpoint. I still don't really know the endpoint. Like, I, I, I just. Maybe I just lost in translation, but, um, and it's been a, a couple weeks, uh, since I finished the game, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to mind dump it. Um, but I thought like river wards and Pan Ams, their, their stories are really good. And I thought that they were better than a lot of the main story. I did a lot of the side quests before I did any of the main story, um, which was fun to me. Like, that's kind of how I play, you know, nonlinear games. Um, I enjoyed overall night city. Like I think, you know, in the stillness of night city, like in the middle of the night when it's raining and you like see the skyscrapers, it's a beautiful game. Like I, 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 you gotta give it what it's, what it's due. Even on a PS five, that's running a PS four game. It still looks really nice. Um, it's just kind of in the nuance, you know, at the, you know, at the start of this, you realize that you put the relic in your slot, I guess, in your head, whatever that's called. Um, and then you die. And Johnny kind of saves to life. But in doing so, he kind of corrupted your file, which is like a layman's term of what happened. So basically, they tell you from the very beginning, you're going to die. Like, you are going to die. You need to figure out who can save you. And, like, that sets off the main quest. And the whole time, I was, like... If this was really me, I probably wouldn't be messing around with side quests. Like I'd probably just beeline it. So, but it's still a game to me, so I'm gonna be playing all these side quests. But I felt like a little disconnected from right. maybe what yeah, they wanted me like, to do.
0: I think what it, the term is Ludo narrative dissonance. Oh um, yeah. Like what what the story wants you to do, mm-hmm. but then what you actually end up doing just due to the nature of how the the design of it.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, there should be an urgency, which made me feel bad to do the side quests, but I did them anyway, so, you know, there there's that. Um, like, I'm glad I did the side quests, because I feel like that's where the best content was at, personally. Um, but I, I just felt, like, a little disconnect. I don't know, like, if you felt that way at all yeah
0: i i kind of agree with you in terms of and this is kind of my shtick with open world games in general where when they try to tell a serious story but because it's an open world and you can choose what you want to do it it does take away to say unless they limit you somehow Mm -hmm. um you know important events like this where v is slowly dying and the whole point of the story is figuring out what the potential solution to that problem is. And you're off kind of, you know, I'm fighting this cyber psycho. Woo, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, if anything, I should just let him kill me. Right. If I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> um, but, and I guess it's, yeah, I agree with you in that they don't do an effective job kind of to keep you along or to mm-hmm. motivate you because the, the main story quests um, for the most part, aren't that great. I know kind of the main, uh, way they try to convince you that something's wrong is that right? Periodically, your vision will go hazy, and there'll be that kind of weird, um, like clicking noise and like the stat, like visual static yeah. on the screen to say like, oh, you know, your mind's not a hundred percent there, and something's going on. And I guess part of it is, you know, Johnny trying to, I guess, take over in that regard. Um, and to me, that just felt more of an annoyance than mm-hmm. any sort of like narrative or gameplay mechanic. <laughs> Um, cause it's like, you're drunk, but you're Mm. not actually drunk. So I'm like, why, like, why are you making, forcing this effect upon my screen randomly? Right. And like, it just would occur, you know, I would sometimes, uh, skip, you know, skip time to do the obvious uh, money exploit to get that, to buy all the cars. Um, and I would just like, once I came out of the menu after skipping time, it would just be like, Oh, here it's time for V to be, you know, digitally drunk again and it was just kind of annoying after a point, so I, I definitely think that's kind of a lackluster way of getting you to care about this whole, you know, being on death's door type of story that they're trying to tell.
1: I honestly, because I was doing the same a hack as you, <laughs> um, because... Exploit. exploit. Exploit, yeah. We're not, not
0: hacking the game or
1: anything. No, not hack. Uh, exploit. <laughs> and there's hacks in the game, so it's basically a feature. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would do that and that little like crackling or whatever and it seems like almost like you're dying or you're passing out or something and I kind of freaked out and I was like wait a minute am I not am I supposed to do the main story by a certain set of like in-game time like I pulled up my phone oh. and started like googling because like okay you know, I could see that being a thing maybe this yeah. was like five days after its release so there's a lot that you know we just just didn't know um But, uh, yeah, it just is weird. Like, because I'm coming, the, you know, the big games that I played before Cyberpunk were the Spider-Man games. And how they kind of go about this is, yeah, you want to figure out who's terrorizing the city. But they're like, hey, we're going to take a while. We're going to take, you know, a couple of days to, you know, analyze this chemical. We'll get back to you. Maybe, you know, check around town, see, you know you know, catch a flick or something, you know, it gives you time to do side quest and, and go about the city and do Spider-Man things. And I just felt like there wasn't enough. I think there was maybe one instance that you could do that, like that was put in into the main, main game. But I just felt like, I don't know, It, it, it didn't make me want to do the side content. And I hope people don't just go straight through the side, or sorry, yeah, straight through the main quest and miss the side quest because the side quests, honestly, are the best content of the game. I've already said oh, that. Oh, yeah.
0: You would be doing yourself a disservice on playing this game if you just try to mainline the story because while the story you know, is passable, the, the, the bulk of it, and to shout out to the side quests, um, one that is not a major character in the story but is uh, at the afterlife bar, so you do see her quite frequently, is the Claire side quest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah. Um, but she's the bartender at the afterlife and her side quest, uh, basically involves what you might say is kind of twisted metal slash, uh, Mad Max kind of style of, um, car racing, but also with guns. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I want to shout out this side quest in particular because, uh, you know, as a cyberpunk world entails, right? Cars are a big thing especially in this game you get a lot of information about cars you can buy and there are a lot of different cars in the game um and so when i found out that there was this racing side quest line i was like oh that's great maybe like the car actually matters then um and for the most part it didn't seem like it mattered it seemed like the difficulty of the race was just tuned to whatever car you had like Mm -hmm. i I was able to do everything on my first try um i did kind of have a speedier car at the time so maybe I i looked at when i did it um but I'd say I was equally satisfied yet disappointed with that quest line because while the narrative of it I thoroughly enjoyed, right? Like the, the narrative of why Claire is doing these races and why you're kind of helping her out and kind of, I guess, the resolution to everything towards the end. The actual racing wasn't as satisfying as I would like it to have been, uh, mostly because the driving in the in the game isn't that great. Oh, it's terrible. And so, it's so yeah. bad. It's and so bad. And the shooting part, right? You don't actually shoot at all. It's it's Claire who's in your um, in your shotgun that's you know shooting the other drivers as you're racing. And so it's it boils down to mostly just a racing like mini game. And because the driving isn't that great, it just ends up being this. Oh, you know, I like it. I do appreciate kind of being able to just drive through the streets and, you know, there's no pedestrian. So I don't have to worry about hitting someone and the cops chasing after me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also only three races. Um, I know one or two, one of them took place kind of in the main area of the city. So a lot of uh, urban streets And the second race was kind of out in the bad land. So you got kind of the more dirt open road style and then the third race, the the finale to the side quest line was um, on the highways. So it was more so that like high-speed action. Um, but yeah, it was just... It was there, and I appreciate it to be there to also kind of give you a chance to show off the rides that you've collected. But ultimately, it really didn't matter to the actual like gameplay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something that I appreciated, but I wish they would have done more, especially with the fact that they you could buy so many cars. I wish that mattered more somewhere else, maybe, but if, if at least in this racing side story.
1: Yeah. The, the driving is so bad. Like it's, it's inexcusable, honestly, like to have an open world game. It was just not good. I think the pro the, my biggest beef with it is that in most open world games, like current open world games or modern open world games, you have, you can have like a GPS, to kind of like steer you in the right direction, but the minimap was so zoomed in that if you're supposed to turn left in like two hundred feet or whatever, you're still driving full speed ahead straight, and then it's so small that once it gets to your turn, you you miss it, you you absolutely miss it, and yeah. you like try was, to turn and crash. <laughs> there was no e brake, right?
0: I, I don't think there was I an emergency. I don't know if there break. was. But if, I'm pretty sure there wasn't because, like, on screen, they show you all the button prompts mm-hmm. for, like, how to drive. And there wasn't one for emergency braking, nor do I think there was at all in the game anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is there no emergency brake? Because, like, that could solve the whole, like, minimap GPS issue. But, yeah, it's it takes a while for you once you engage the brake to actually slow down. And so, as <laughs> yeah. you said, like, I've missed my turn so many times and I've had to... You know turn around make a u-turn like reverse and then take the turn like uh, mm-hmm. that just added more wasteful time and i think i'm not sure if you swapped to a motorcycle but i, I, I kept did. to the cars um but i did hear that maybe driving on the motorcycle made that easier because the motorcycles handled better mm-hmm. um but you know i'm not a big motorcycle guy in anything you know in real life or in game so i just stuck to to four wheels mm-hmm. but um but yeah, any, any side quests in particular that stood out besides the, the main characters for you?
1: Um, I really enjoyed the Delamain side quest. You get that pretty ah, yes. early on. Um, it is basically a taxi service, and the, um, the AI kind of goes haywire, and they all get different personalities, and they're just really fun. Like, you have to go all the way around the city to find all of them. Um, but some of the AI personalities are really, really funny. Like one of them is basically, uh, the main antagonist of the portal series. Like she like talks about killing you and like, there will be no cake. Like, you know, like it has all like kind of the, the portal jokes and Easter eggs yeah, in them. I
0: think it's exactly the same voice actor. Yeah,
1: it's uh, like, when I heard that, I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa what? And like it it was a great moment. Um, I think that one was one of the first side quests that I went down. I just enjoyed that. Like I I thought it was fun. Um, I actually didn't like the cyber psychos. I think because I do play stealth and I was getting headshots in stealth. Uh, A lot of times mm -hmm. I killed them without anything. Like it would be a one shot kill, which is fine because it saved me time and effort. But also I feel like I may have been doing a disservice to myself because I didn't get to have these cool fights. But that's just me. Like, I am, I'm I'm right. happy that you're happy, but...
0: <laughs> I know there was one, I think it was called the Bloody
1: Ritual. I did that, that one. That one, like, you couldn't kill them ahead of time. That right, was right, cool. Right. Yeah,
0: it was, like, a weird kind of, like, looking at this ritual site and figuring out, like, what was going on here. And then at the end of it, like, this cyber psycho comes like out of like the pool, like <laughs> yeah. of ice in the middle. And you're like, was she in there the whole time? Like what's happening? But like, it was just an eerie sight because there was like blood everywhere and ritual markings. Mm-hmm. And at one point you just start seeing like visions or what seems to be like a vision. Right. But it's like the cyber psycho somehow like hacking into your, your visuals and be like, Oh, is there someone there? I don't know. And so I was on edge. Cause I didn't know if there was going to be a jump scare or anything. The whole time that 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 was and I was in that was in the middle of broad daylight, like out in the open, too. So the fact that that was able to get me feel like slightly scared when like typically you're just a badass in this. Yeah. In this town is like, you know, I definitely applaud the design for that cyber in particular. Mine
1: was in the middle of the night. So I was already on edge (laughs) when I found like all these candles and blood everywhere. And I was like, what is this? What is this? what dark God is being (laughs) summoned here.
0: Okay. Well, I guess that wraps up our thoughts on act two. So I guess we can just roll into, to act three, the finale. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And so as, since we did mention, we, uh, platted the, both have attained the platinum for the game. That means we have seen every, uh, major ending. Mm -hmm. I think there are a couple other endings, like one where, uh, you choose not to do anything. I think you just take a gun and you know shoot your head. I, I did not do that, um, but there are some kind of like weird endings like that uh, mm-hmm. that aren't like fully part of the story. Um, but yeah. So as uh, Matt mentioned, with uh, Johnny Silverhand, kind of once he's been inserted via that chip that you um, get put into your body at the beginning of Act Two and you find out that he's basically taking over your body because you're virtually dead. Um, the ending you get uh, in act three is whether or not you kind of want Johnny to actually take over your body or you want him to move on into what they call the black wall, uh, which is like a virtual like cyberspace that is kind of unknown beyond the bounds of where people typically, you know, are online or, um, you can just choose to deny him and, or have him do that. And you also accompany them in terms of joining into that black wall area or Mm -hmm. have him actually take over your body and kind of live a new life, like using your body physically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd say based on, so, you know, having done all the endings, I enjoyed the ending where it was, uh, V kind of letting Johnny go with alts into the black wall space, you know, and kind of entering cyberspace and kind of disappearing uh, from, you know, the physical reality and her joining the Alicados, the best um, mostly because of the missions leading up to that ending, as well as how I thought that her V story, or I played female version mm-hmm. of V. Um, so I referred to it as her, Um, how her story kind of wraps up in the manner of, you know, them kind of leaving Night City, leaving the, like, even the surrounding area and kind of wanting to move to Tucson. Mm -hmm. And just that, you know, kind of leaving everything behind, even though she is still going to die, but just being able to move on to whatever's left of her life. And I thought that was uh, the most appropriate kind of setting to say, you know, Johnny's been there and he, you know, it wasn't his choice to get, you know, to be imprinted onto this chip and then to, you know, be slowly infecting your body. But ultimately he just wants to, I guess, reunite with a woman he loved back when he was alive and I guess disappear forever. And then for you to kind of just live out the rest of your days, you know, whatever time you have left. So I I personally thought that was the best ending. Um, and I did enjoy the ending as well, where you decided to let him keep your body. Um, I thought that was also interesting uh, what, transpires as he kind of moves on and he also leaves night city so that i i I thought the endings involving leaving night city were the interesting ones where it's like you Mm -hmm. know shit went down here pardon my french and (laughs) we want to you know just leave it all behind and say you know it's not like it didn't happen but we just want to move on with our lives Mm
1: -hmm. yeah those are my two favorite endings my first ending was going with pan am um She, like, the autocados, me being a nomad, me kind of, I connected with Pan Am a lot as a character. I thought she was really great with my V, and so it made sense for my V to do that. So, like, that was my first ending because that was what I wanted to be how I ended this game. Um, But my favorite, though, was giving Johnny my body Um, because the thing about it is afterwards, like... Johnny goes and he's like hanging out with this kid, this random guy that lives in his like apartment complex or whatever. And they go to this music store and they, um, he's talking to this kid who's like a budding musician. And, you know, of course, Johnny is like this rock star and he picks out a guitar and he pays for it. And then he's like, Hey man, can you give me a ride? And they go to basically the mortuary and That's where, you know, V, his memorial is for V, um, who died and gave him his body. And he, like, gives him the pendant, which the pendant has the bullet that initially killed V. Um, And, like, I felt an emotion there because my V really connected with Johnny. Like, they were bros. Like, that's how I played it, was Johnny and V were bros. And um, he did have like a really good reverence for V and just like thanking him and not feeling worthy. And I felt like Johnny was a dick. Like he was just not a good guy. Oh yeah. Totally. And like that ending typical rock star person. Yeah. Yeah. And that ending, like he changed and that development of the character I thought was really awesome. Like even he's like, Hey, my bus is here and he gets on the bus and the guy frantically runs to the bus and he's like, Oh, Hey, you, 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 you forgot your guitar. And Johnny's like, no, I didn't. And then he, you know, rides off into the sunset. I was like, oh, man, what an ending. Like, I get it. I like it. Like, Johnny's awesome. Um, so I, I really like that. Um, the other two endings, and so, you know, this is kind of a follow-up question. The other two endings, I hated. I'll just be honest. Hated them both. One, like, um, the Arisaka ending was the worst one <laughs> when you sided with Arasaka and you like they try to heal you and they take you to the space station and then it basically turns into all this testing on you and like not torture but kind of like to try to save your life just hated every part of that like I don't know why my V would ever side with Arasaka um, but you know got to get those trophies so had to do it Um but that was definitely my least favorite Um I don't know about you Alex
0: yeah I so what was frustrating and what can kind of play into the whole patch discussion a little bit is that that's the ending I did on one point oh six and I ended up soft locking the game twice during that ending, so mm. I had to do that ending three times before <laughs> I finished it brutal uh, and I think based on what you have to do in that, which as matt mentioned you you're um they operate on you on this space station, you know, orbiting the Earth, and then they uh, come to the. They do tests on you to confirm whether or not you, you know you're actually recovering. And part of that ending is to show that you're repeatedly going through these tests, and you know, V's questioning why do I have to keep doing this? Why do I have to keep doing this? And you learn that you know the operation is basically uh, failed, and they can't save you. And so she's given the information that, or V's given the information that. Um, they have six months to live. And so you can either choose to uh, join their uh, program, which they call Save Your Soul, where they basically take a copy of your consciousness and they upload it to a digital vault. And so you basically have a copy that's kind of stored online. And part of the idea is that, you know, in the future when they can find a body that suits your you know consciousness, they can like maybe bring you back to life by uploading you or downloading you into a new mm-hmm. body or you have the choice of uh just returning to earth and living out the rest of your days mm-hmm. and so when I did that first playthrough and got that ending on patch 1.06 uh, I did choose uh return to earth and I thought in a way that out of that branch of if you did side with Arasaka that that would be kind of the best route mm-hmm. of you know if you made the choice to side with them as a terrible of a company they are in terms of like what they're doing or however you may view them that you wouldn't just you know you know obviously give up your quote unquote soul to them and you would just want to kind of live out the rest of your days and live with the choices that you made mm-hmm. and so i think kind of her return to earth and living out the rest of your life or their life is kind of the fitting end but siding with Arasaka and kind of being uploaded into the the space station would be the worst choice, um, and then the other one where you uh, become a legend of the afterlife, or as they say, a legend of Night City. And then the ending is a what seems to be a space station assault solo. Uh, you don't actually play out that portion, but you know the events transpire of, uh, basically you getting separated from Johnny. So Johnny's removed from your mind and he enters a black wall and then you're left to your, you know, the remainder of your days. And, uh, you basically live out your goal of being, I want to die a legend of night city and I want my name to be remembered forever. And it seems like the ending to that is your task with a mission on assaulting a, I guess, a space casino. I think mm-hmm. it is yeah and then like the final scene is kind of you in an in a space suit kind of floating towards the casino with a gun ready to just carry out what seems to be your final mission because uh, I think it involves taking down the casino or something like taking it out of orbit um and I wouldn't say I, it's not that I didn't like it but it felt kind of weird because you don't actually do the mission so you don't actually take out the casino yeah. or that that Um, system and so I'd wish if you actually had that chance maybe I would have liked that ending more Um, but because it kind of just shows a slow fade into V's face as you're floating towards it and and then it cuts it kind of just leaves the rest of it up to your mind Um, which I assume is because you know V's going to die during this process and so this is just you know the quintessential going out in a blaze of glory type ending Mm -hmm. Um, and I do appreciate that but I just wish I could have acted upon it. You know, I could have been actually dying in that blaze of glory and like seeing the space station blow up or whatever. Uh, But yeah, I I definitely uh, thought they were much lack, very lacking compared to, especially the Alicados ending. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I forgot to mention for that ending. uh, Part of why I love that ending so much is the buildup in that when you get to use the tank that you retrieve during Pan Am's side story quest line, uh, during that mission was just kind of that power trip of like, oh, this is military tech, or I think it is a Militech tank, um, which is a corporation in that um, in this world, and you just can annihilate you know any enemy, like any vehicle, yeah. any foot soldier, like they just all get blown up by your missiles and fire. And I'm like, this is, I just enjoy
1: this by a sheer like power perspective of mm-hmm. this is just
0: fun to blow stuff up.
1: Yeah, I the thing I, I I shouldn't have said I hated it. I hated the Erosok ending. I didn't mind the space station one, but I agree with you. When I saw like they had posters and like TV ads about the space station casino, I was thinking this is going to be one of the DLCs. Like one of the DLCs is going to have like all these missions oh, on a casino.
0: Okay, yeah, I see what yeah. Maybe. But
1: then when that ending happened, I was like. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would why would they do a DLC now about that? And I'm like, what a wasted time. Like I think that would actually yeah. be pretty cool. Um I I don't know. Like is there anything that they could offer in the DLCs to bring you back?
0: Yeah, this is actually the one of the final questions I had of do I delete the game off my yeah. <laughs> my storage because obviously, you know, it's a, it's 109.6 Gigabytes on PS5. Um, obviously it's the PS4 version running backwards compatibility, so it's not it's not a shrunken PS5 version of the game. Um, but for now I decided to keep it installed Mm -hmm. um in case the DLCs that they do add are content, because it is unclear based upon the information they uh have released that the free DLCs they're talking about are content missions. They could just be like cosmetics or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I really don't know. Uh, but for now, I'm gonna leave it on at least until I find more games that I do want to have stored on my SSD on my PS5. Mm-hmm. At that point, which I may just, you know, get rid of it and maybe never look back. Um, I did want to mention that having done the first ending on 1.06 and having soft locked three or two times during that, so having effectively to do that same ending three times. Uh, I did the other three endings on patch 1.1, which came out recently as of the time we're recording this, and I actually had no problems. Okay, Uh, The game did run much better, and yeah, I had no crashes. Ironically, I did crash during the credits on one of the endings, (laughs) but I think that's a known bug that People were crashing during the credits before patch 1.1, so that's just something they they didn't fix. It's not like they introduced a new bug. Uh, But I did get the trophy for that ending prior to the crashing, so I didn't have to redo that ending. Yeah, Um, But yeah, I I think there's a bright future for the performance of the game, especially on consoles, by what 1.1 has gone to show, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd still say overall, based on the majority of the gameplay, it's not something that uh, people probably need to experience now yeah. um, you know and I guess to caveat my not recommending it on a console once a dedicated series x and ps5 version gets released potentially I'd say that might be a recommendation but obviously I'll never know since I won't be playing it so yeah. hypothetical but you know keep an eye out and I guess hopefully if you're listening to this and you haven't bought it yet I'd say look at reviews in the future that Mm -hmm. hopefully people do the next gen versions and and decide then if you still want to get it or not.
1: Yeah. Going back to my initial question, um, I don't think that there's anything that they can bring to this game, DLC wise, that will bring me back. Um, Like, I got the Platinum, and honestly, the game was just different than what I expected. I'm a big Witcher fan. You know, I've, I've talked about Witcher. This you know TV series, and um, I've talked about Witcher three being one of my favorite games of all time. That type of RPG style really resonates with me. Um, and I know you you may have different views on Witcher three, um, but you know my understanding of CD Projekt Red was that Cyberpunk was going to be an RPG, and I felt like this was more in similar vein of GTA five, which GTA five is arguably one of the best games of all time but also GTA five is not something I routinely play. Like it, it definitely had some saints row vibes throughout the game. And I, I've really enjoyed saints row in the past, but it's just not something that I want right now <laughs> in this part of my life. Like, I feel like when I was playing saints row, I was in a, like very different mental state and like was a little bit younger than I am now. And like was more about that type of game. And, that type of open world experience with just the ridiculousness and maybe the story not being the greatest, but maybe some fun gameplay, maybe some cars, nothing's really that great about it. You know, like there's just a lot of things there. And I, I, I think that's what cyberpunk was is. And I, I talked about it kind of being a jack of all trades, master of none way early on and I would completely agree with that. Like, I felt like it was a lot of used goods. I'll use that term again. Like, it was a lot of things that they put into one game, which on paper makes it look really good. Um, but it just wasn't the experience I wanted. I wanted something a little bit deeper RPG-wise. And I what I got in return was more of a GTI, GTI GTA-style game. Um, I think this game, like this setting, very very much interests me. And, you know, I kind of wanted it to be like um, uh, Altered Carbon. The, the name absolutely escaped me at the beginning. Um, Altered Carbon kind of had, you know, we talked about one of the endings about kind of like putting your, you know, personality and your like, quote unquote soul <laughs> downloaded somewhere. And like, that's what happens in Altered Carbon. And so, I don't know. I feel like I've just seen a lot of these things in other medium and they were done in a better way in a lot of ways. So, um, I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty strong about not recommending this for myself. I just haven't gotten to the point to get it off my console. I haven't needed the storage space, but as soon as I need the storage space, this is the first thing to go. And I'm completely fine with that. Um, because I honestly just don't I don't know what they could bring to the DLC to make me want to come back.
0: Okay. Well, I guess that wraps up our thoughts on cyberpunk 2077. Uh, let us know if you've had similar experiences or varying different experiences with the game. Obviously, I know and why I caveated my recommendation in the beginning that PC, at least uh, on a crashing standpoint, is less likely, it's a little bit more stable there, but also just visually much more stunning, um, especially if you do have a higher-end machine, which is part of, I'll further caveat my caveat of saying, (laughs) you know, if you have a more powerful rig to to actually run the game with, you know, RTX on and just all those um, effects. But uh, but yeah, uh, you can write into... Uh, rxp.podcast at gmail.com or write in to our Twitter at rxp underscore podcast. And until next time, rest in peace, samurai.